0: Hello and welcome to Real World HR, the podcast which is putting the human back into HR. I'm Louise Kennedy, HR expert, chartered CIPD professional and founder of award-winning HR consultancy, Oculus HR. In the Real World HR podcast, we focus on people and business, Telling the stories that we've learned from and explaining the processes that we've supported solutions. In this episode, I'm joined by my fantastic Oculus HR team. We'll be diving into discussions on some hot topics in HR at the moment, looking at things such as the four-day and week, but also coming back to what we do, grievances, dismissals, redundancies, performance management, and just explaining our stories. Along with sharing the stories we've recently experienced, we'll also give you advice to help navigate these issues in your own role and within your own business. Ready to step in the real world of HR? So thank you very much for the two of you being here today, Claire and Deb. Obviously it's been about six months since we did our last uh, podcast together, so I'm kind of really pleased to to get us back and to be able to do this. However much I know that the two of you love doing it. Um, <laughs> so what we have been doing is obviously working on the Real World HR podcasts and what we've really just been trying to do is is educate people a little bit more, give them some more information, some takeaways, things that they might be able to put in place within the business. And we've obviously had quite a few different themes since we last had our conversation together. But I think what I really want to do is kind of go back to where it is that we are and what it is that we provide um, to our clients and how we help people and how we support people there as well. And just be able to think about how we can move things forward. So I'm just going to ask you to reintroduce yourselves from here. So, um, Deb, you've been with us for ever and a day. Um, More or less, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So probably kind of eight years or so, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yes. About eight years. Do you want to just let me know what kind of the last six months has been like for you, obviously, other than being ultra busy?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we'd all agree that it's been a busy um, last six months. Um I think it's been quite varied really. Um as it as it usually is. We've covered all sorts of issues. I think there've been a lot of a lot of grievances um of, of varying degrees, disciplinaries, some redundancies. Um we've welcomed some quite a lot of new clients um yeah. on board and spent some time working with them. So yes, it has been a, a, a busy time. Yeah. And from that point of view, new clients were kind of location wise, sector wise, the it all seems to vary, doesn't it? It does. I mean I think, you know, location wise. Nice looking at the, I mean, we've got clients all over the country, but I think our main location, we're looking at sort of towards Northumberland, to the north, down into to Yorkshire, really. To the south, aren't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and sector wise, I think it's hard to now find a sector that we don't <laughs> work, with. work with. Um, from you know, we've got some you know, a couple of new new or relatively new clients in the education sector. Yeah. We've we've been covering manufacturing for some time. We have some retail clients, hospitality clients. Yeah. yeah. Some of the care sector. I think yeah. it is hard to find a, a group that we we don't work how with in some way, shape, or form.
0: <laughs> but that comes back to people are people, ultimately, isn't it? You know, I mean, obviously, you know, for our understanding of a business to be able to go in and help and support them. And I think we were discussing it the other day, very much around that commercial aspect, isn't it? You know, because we've got the commercial view of being able to fit into a business then the people element of it feeds in, doesn't it? You know, and I think that's what we find within the, so we don't need to be specialists within the sector but you know once we talk about the commercial aspect of what they want to achieve within their business then obviously we talk about the outcomes and ultimately what they want to be able to do with their people and and you know whether it's whether it's good or bad you know kind of whatever the circumstance may be that's how we are enabling ourselves to be able to support them isn't it
1: it is it's it's transferable skills yeah um and i think the main point that that i see it is being commercially aware enough to be able to understand the main priorities for that business so that we can give solutions to them which are legally compliant but also fit their business and the outcome that they, they want to achieve. Yeah. So, really trying to take a bit more of a pragmatic view, isn't yes. it, of,
0: of what it is As that it, way? Yeah. Rather of, yeah, than to you know,
1: simply a textbook HR approach, but yeah. to, to give something that commercially works for them.
0: Yeah. And I think we've had some nice feedbacks, even. Uh, there was one just the other day um, who would, uh, we did a small piece of work but for her. And it was somebody I'd spoke to, and she just said, Wow, I just wish I'd found you years ago. Like, oh, you know, this would have been a massive difference in my business. And actually, we've just done one piece of work before she saw the business but I think even that kind of that reassurance that actually you know we are out there and we're doing we're doing the right thing for people to be able to support their businesses um, and to be able to help them really isn't it you know to be able to hold the hand of the manager as they work through or the leader to be able to work through the business yeah so and then we've got Claire here so Claire's been working with us a couple of days a week over uh, the last year just over a year Um, but we're really excited to say that she's obviously going to come on board full time um, uh, within the next few weeks uh, which is really good Um, so and obviously from a team point of view we've we've certainly got the workload for her to be able to kind of take on there Um, but obviously we're really kind of pleased to be able to welcome her on board on a full time basis as well what have you enjoyed the most? putting you on the spot there (laughs) what did you like about working with us? (laughs)
2: Well, I've enjoyed so much of it. It's so different. It's so varied. And I think, you know, for me, it's working with local business, local people, building those relationships up and really supporting them for what they need at that moment in time. And for some of them, we have long-standing relationships and for some it's just one small piece of work and then, you know, they, they move on from us. But I think it's very different to working in the corporate world where there's lots of challenges to cut through to actually what is it that you need to do. Where I think when we're working with these businesses and, and listening to them and hearing what it is they want to do, we can advise them in the right way and then they can make the decision that's right for their business and feel that we've supported them through that, which Mm -hmm. can be some difficult decisions. Yeah, and I think
0: it's really hard. I mean, obviously, we always encourage about getting that base level in right, don't we, you know, making sure that they're, in contracts and not even a massive amount of policies, but just having sufficient amount of policies that actually when an issue comes up, like what you're talking about, that actually you've got some scope of being able to do something and taking the next steps,
2: isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. Core policies, I think, are really key. You know, we talked about, we've had some new clients come on board and um, some existing ones as well. Actually getting the basics in place for me There's some real cornerstones of that. So it's contracts, so people know what it is that they're expected to do. You know, policies, core policies, so that they know how they're going to be treated in any set of situations. And a handbook of what it's culturally like to work here. And there's a golden thread runs through those three key pillars for me that any business needs. And then when you do find yourself in any challenging situations, you can call upon those Pillars to look to see how are you going to approach the situation and what's in place, and does the employee know what's expected of them and what's going to happen if they're going through a process? And
0: one of the other things that you said there, Claire, was around um, kind of making, uh, putting your culture into your documentation, making yeah. sure that you've got that. Um, and I know that that's something that we've just recently done, kind of as a team, because we wanted to to ensure that actually what we're delivering out is the same as what we're we're thinking that we're doing you know and, yeah. and I think I think we established that we're all very similar and <laughs> we all Definitely. deliver in the same we deliver the same um way um well not the, quite the same way but we deliver <laughs> as we would all expect each other to um obviously but within with slightly different ways so I think we've kind of like taken a step to go right okay what are we about you know like who are we what are our morals around um, what of our um morals is one of them uh, what are our values um and what is it that we all kind of stand for and and we very much come up with kind of morally, we like to know what's right and wrong, you know, like we're yeah. within a business, mm-hmm. we're kind of advised on that. We advise around the risk, you know, so actually we'll be telling you if there was a risk within the business or within the circumstance that, that we're dealing with, is that, Um, and certainly consistency. I think consistency mm-hmm. comes up for us time and time again. It doesn't matter whether you, whether the client says, well, I'm not happy with that response or and I know you had this the other day, Deb, not happy with that, or I want you to do something different. That's absolutely fine. As long as we've told you exactly the steps mm-hmm. that need to be taken, we're not going to change because the law doesn't change yeah. and the policies yeah. don't change. And therefore, you know, we're going to, we're going to amend our approach of how we're dealing with it, but ultimately it's the company decision on what it is that we're doing. So I think we felt quite comfortable with that as being our kind of underpinning values. Yes, definitely.
2: Definitely. And I think it's about being really clear, because you just mentioned there about advising on the risk. That's our role there. The business owner makes the decision we can advise on. If you do this, it's, could look like this if you do this it looks like something else but given all the facts so they make an informed decision yeah and we're clear on that they've had all the information and then that's what they go and do
0: yeah and i think that's just an important point from where we come from and i think kind of aligning our values making sure that we're comfortable with them I think it was quite a good exercise certainly I thought the other day because I think it was, just kind yeah. of highlighted yeah. highlighted that we are out there delivering to the way that we're expecting that you know ourselves to deliver yeah. and each other to deliver within yeah. that as well
2: I think we can look in the mirror and say we we demonstrate what we're asking other businesses yeah and how we advise them or can't yeah
0: yeah yes. I think without a doubt I think we definitely can so over, obviously over kind of the last six months, as you said, Deb, we've kind of had loads of different new situations and new circumstances. And we have had uh, a couple of situations that um, out of all the time uh, that we've, um, well, out of all the time that I've worked in HR, I've actually got an employment tribunal status, one of which was a few months ago, um, probably about six months ago, and it went into that situation and it was around attendance management and a process that would followed. And the client came out and they'd obviously won um, the case because because we had been consistent and the approach that we were doing, you know, we had kind of made sure that we we're fully aware of a circumstance that we'd kind of taken it through step by step. And I think that, I suppose, in essence, puts a little bit of, it validates what it is that we do, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. because we can advise people and sometimes you can think, oh, you know, we need we need to ensure that people are following the right process to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And we're not always about the process, we're about the commercial aspect, we're about being pragmatic, pragmatic in what it is that we do. But it is really important that people have that awareness. So actually you know, these situations do come up and we have been there. And then obviously I was in, actually went to a tribunal last week, which was the first time ever for me, kind of sitting in the room and you do think, actually, you don't you don't want to be voluntarily sitting in this room. Mm, no. um, but again, fortunate enough that we we're able to go through the process that was there. And after day one, the the um, ex-employee walked away because he knew he didn't have a case. And that was, again, because we'd done A, B and C, we'd done it in the right way, in the right order. With compassion, with care, taking their needs into play. Um, and I think he just really got hung up on something, you know, in particular mm-hmm. that he kind of, you know, ran off with. And I think then obviously realised that actually, you no, know, we'd been more than fair in a process that we'd done. And and I think, again, that just put, uh, I was kind of proud of what it was that we did and what we delivered because actually just puts that, it's a rubber stamp, isn't it? You yeah, know, that actually it's, it's it, you know,
2: confirmation, isn't it? Is, it is, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And that sometimes some processes do seem long and drawn out and some people might get a bit frustrated by that. But actually, You know, you need to do certain things at certain times to enable the business
1: to be protected
0: in the right type of way. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely.
1: And I think sometimes it might just be one more meeting than than maybe the client had hoped for. It might be one more conversation, one more medical report that we check, Mm -hmm. which at the time, yeah, there might be frustration that we have to do that. But it does just double check those points. It just makes sure yeah. that we're maintaining that consistency and, and it is validated when you, you, you're you in a situation like that and yeah. you can justify what you've done and, yeah. and it's it's shown that it's correct.
0: It is. Uh, and I think to be able to sit there and to be able to comfortably sit there and yeah. think, mm. oh yeah, we did the right yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was right. That was right. And then at the end of the first day, not even getting on the stand from our point of view, but at the end of the first day for him to go actually, and it's called drop hands, just to walk away, that's kind of, just such a kind of, well, you know, that that is good, you know, yeah. that, that we're in a good position and that we're, we're delivering what we say. And as, it could ultimately. be articulated
2: in in that situation, couldn't it? Everything yeah. that had been put in place and yeah. the reasons why. And when questioned, there was no gaps in anything, was yeah, there? No, so that's well, why it ended up in the way because we'd followed it in, as you say, put, put the needs of the person in those conversations. And maybe we did have more conversations than we initially thought, but actually it's paid off because it's been the right thing to yeah. do. And that's mm-hmm. what we the three of us, this is what we're about. It's about the right thing to do, isn't yeah. it? Which goes yeah. back to
0: our moral value, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. You know, about, mm-hmm. about, where we, about where we stand. When we, were, when you kind of did your intro there, Deb, you kind of mentioned one of the things that we've had is grievances. Mm. I feel like we've definitely had more grievances in the last few months than what we've ever had. I think, we, we, I definitely thought there was a spike during COVID. I felt like yes. everybody put grievances about everybody else and I, and I think I, I certainly found that within the care sector that we dealt mm-hmm. with. I think there was some kind of pretty big grievances there but but. Re- the recent grievances that we've had have all been against um, against kind of the main people within the business, whether it's a CEO, whether it's been a it's been lead people within the business, which are which are quite difficult, aren't they? You know, because actually you're delivering, we're delivering a service and investigating, but you then end up de- investigating this like mm-hmm. high level within a business, so it does become uncomfortable. But I think the important point that I really want to mention now was: what well, people have the opportunity to put a grievance in against? anybody for any kind of circumstance yeah. and and there needs to be shown that a thorough investigation has taken place what are your kind of thoughts around that side of things
1: obviously we've been involved in the mists of four slash five um, over the last few months Absolutely. I think that is the case. So people do have that right to put that grievance in. Um I think sometimes in some situations it, it could be avoided because some things could possibly be managed at an earlier stage or raised at an earlier stage, depending yeah. on the situation. Um and then the grievance wouldn't wouldn't arise. But we, we do have these grievance procedures. People do have the right to use them. Mm-hmm. Um and then yes, it's investigating it and, and finding out what the outcome is, whether that is an outcome that the senior person that the grievance has been raised against may like or agree with or not. yeah. But, you know, from our point of view, it is done fairly and we will give that fair feedback and we will give the honest feedback that we yeah. think is, is needed.
0: And I think that's really can be difficult can't it you know yes. we, we're sometimes in a bit of a rock and a hard place because obviously then you feed them back into the senior person within the business uh-huh. to say this is actually any recommendations that uh-huh. have been made or what it is that you need to do to make a difference with regard to that work and relationship I think and it, that is difficult to do isn't it, it is difficult. Yeah.
2: It's, it's difficult for it to be delivered but it's also difficult for them to hear isn't it mm-hmm. as a sign of their leadership how they take that feedback and that that recommendations because it can be uncomfortable hearing mm-hmm. yeah um and you know i don't think anyone ever sets out with the intent of of ever getting to a grievance but i think a lot of what we've been dealing with is around how people have been made to feel yeah. about mm-hmm. that impact and about that understanding and, and seeing it from from a different viewpoint but i also think that people can you know sometimes have um an outcome for a grievance that's not really suitable for the situation they're in. So absolutely, they can have a desired outcome, mm-hmm. but whether or not that's absolutely how it will play
1: out and what's practicable
2: yeah. is is a different thing, isn't it? I mm-hmm. know, okay. and I
1: think it's trying to manage that expectation as yes. someone's going through a grievance procedure mm-hmm. yeah. as to what each part of that procedure entails yeah. and what the potential outcome is. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it, exactly right. Understanding those steps, to, mm-hmm. step by
0: step, yeah. to say, well, actually, the next step is going to be this, or. And putting timeframes within it, yeah. I know we kind of, we like to move through with kind of more of a, more of a pace really, don't we? And I, think, I know a couple of times we've been a bit more kind of frustrated because we're, you know, there's been other obstacles in the way because actually, you know, when someone raises a grievance, it's because someone's been upset about a particular situation and whether it's right or wrong, whether they raise that grievance or not, but you know, the fair process yes. needs to take place within a timely manner, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. It and does. I think when anyone does that, you know, the they can't move on until that's been resolved one way or the other or they've got an outcome. Whether it's the outcome they're expecting is a different matter, but I think, you know, that period of time. So I think we do want to give it the time that is needed, you know, thorough investigations and and clean meeting timescales. But well, actually, if that's out of our control, that can be difficult because yeah. we still know there's somebody waiting to hear that that outcome and that information. And yeah. also, if there's recommendations to be made, they can't be put in place until it's completed. So again, for somebody who's had a grievance raised against them, and there is some recommendations, that's also taking time to get it to that stage. Yeah. And sometimes with that, we end up with people who are off sick, who raise the grievances, which again, they're then
0: out of the workplace for such a period of time. And it makes us more difficult to kind of get that engagement of getting them back into yeah. the workplace mm-hmm. as well, doesn't yeah. it? So I think that create can be really difficult um, to, to get the people back engaged within the business to ensure that they do return to work at some point as well,
2: yeah. I think or not
0: if they choose not to. And I think
2: it is hard for people when they've been out of the business for a long time for whatever the reason, absence or grievance or, you know, anything like that that bringing them back in and what's that going to feel like mm-hmm. can take some time and the longer it is, the harder it is to step over the threshold, isn't yeah. it?
0: And it's about making sure that those right procedures are in place, you know, when people, maybe they are off with the grievance, but actually then still following through with kind of an attendance management route, you yes. know, to kind of have those regular meetings. So there's some contact, not necessarily from the person who's doing the grievance, but somebody else within the business to be able to say, how are you? What circumstances? You know, how is things going? How are you mentioned day to day? Because they're the bits inevitably that will come back to know that they've been supported mm-hmm. somewhere along the line. And um, mm-hmm. so you've got to be careful as a business owner when, you know, when things like that are put in, and obviously genuinely they are put in um, yeah. against lead people within the business that the right steps are being taken around it as well, because ultimately you want to look after the employee. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a
1: big, it's a big situation, isn't it? It is. And I think sometimes people, because someone's put in a grievance, then do the opposite and mm-hmm. think, well, then I won't contact them and yeah. I better not contact them I because I dare. might upset them. Yeah. I don't dare do it. Yeah. And then then the person who isn't being contacted feels isolated. Yeah. And then it's even harder to get them back into the business. So. Yeah. I think it is making sure that you don't shy away from those steps yeah. or taking the advice or finding someone who can do take those steps for yeah. you to make sure that that's done. Yeah, and
0: making making sure, again, back to the policy and procedures, that you've got the right policy Absolutely. and procedures. Mm-hmm. that if somebody does raise something, then there's a way to be able mm-hmm. to manage the process. I think back to, and I think we might have mentioned the last one, that one that was um, the software developer all those years ago, that was kind of, no, no, I don't want to put any policies in. Mm. And then when he ended up in a very, very sticky situation with one of his, uh, two of his employees, he said, oh, I understand why we need the policies now. We haven't got them and uh, now we are where we are. (laughs) And so, and I think as we said, we're not, we're not all about the policy. We're just, the policy provides the structure to enable a business to operate
2: staff framework isn't it it's just that just something to just reference and and be aware of and and be clear on and again it helps us create that consistency doesn't it and I think sometimes we have businesses that can be very knee-jerk to a situation and will only want us when there's a a situation or a Mm -hmm. crisis or something needs to be resolved really quickly and they want our time and attention immediately but actually we've talked to them a number of times about putting the foundations Mm -hmm. of the contracts of the policies and actually if we did that it's not that those situations won't arise, but they'll be much easier to manage yeah. and much quicker to resolve and get to a conclusion. Yeah. So it's it's about trying to help our clients and business owners understand the importance of putting those pillars in. When they do come to these situations where they're like, oh, right, we really need some help now. Can you sort this? It's gone too far. Yeah. And and then asking for our support there, where actually we can be proactive. And and I think sometimes HR has a bit of a um reputation of you only brought in when there's a there's a when really there's issue, serious yeah. issue and they need someone sorting out or, you know, exiting out the business in whatever context. But actually we can do a lot of value adding. Yeah. And actually the things we're talking about there with the contracts, the policies, the handbook with the cultural side of it really really can change that Mm -hmm. so that um, they're not as frequent or, you know, there's a lot more framework around it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it gets forgotten sometimes as well that we can provide some advice before it gets to that Mm. formal point. And with that, it might not get to that formal point. If it's something that we can just discuss with someone or advise them on how they can discuss it with someone to resolve the issue, because, you know, for most employees taking out a grievance will be, A stressful situation, it is a big Mm -hmm. deal for people. So if you can, if it is something that can be resolved with a conversation or a few less formal meetings that avoids the needing to go off sick or the, you know, the isolation that people can sometimes feel going through those processes, Mm -hmm. then that can be a much quicker, easier and, and more painless solution to everyone. It definitely does. If you're able to step in.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, I know we've just done a case study on one of our, our clients, um, but they are kind of an ideal kind as in, you obviously know who I'm talking about. They kind of went through and put all the policies and procedures mm. in place. But now they use us as in, you know, we think this might be going to happen. Actually, mm-hmm. what, what should we do? If this does happen, what will we do? If that is the reaction of it, how should we handle that? And actually that that's where we want to be at, isn't it? To be able to mm-hmm. provide that advice before the things take mm-hmm. place or as things are happening, then at least people can manage them sometimes more informally to mm-hmm. be able to resolve a situation without it then starting to become paperwork and meetings and investigations mm-hmm. and things. And not shying away from that, but actually sometimes people just want to have a little a voice, you know, they mm-hmm. just want to be heard by somebody. and They
2: just want to mm-hmm. have a conversation. Yeah. If they don't feel they're being listened to, they Definitely. feel they've got no other option. But actually a lot of the grievances we've dealt with in the last six months, actually if you go back to it, if there'd been a, a conversation at an early stage and someone had felt listened to, then actually it may, na- may not have got to where it did. And yeah. it can be quite difficult for them to then... Go back.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, to go back to it. So grievance obviously has been a big one for us and I think ongoing wise we obviously um, we have disciplinary situations kind of like always don't we? <laughs> we <Yes>. always <laughs> continue we always have disciplinary situations yeah. um, and one of the ones we were just talking about before we came on there well a few of them um, is around HGV drivers at the moment and we had kind of a space about five or six within yeah. kind of about mm. three weeks where we're uh-huh. literally where people short yeah where people, yeah, uh-huh. people use mobile phones um, one that we were just like in disbelief of one woman was using uh, yeah, uh, i
2: and a phone
0: and driving and, it, driving. <laughs> and driving on the M25 yeah. probably doing 50 miles an hour um, as she was driving very good at multitasking that lady was um, then so she obviously didn't have her hands on the steering wheel no. at all um, and then we had somebody else who um, he was gambling while he was driving um, so he had hold of his mobile phone um, had his, he actually had his arm up on the windows so like on the top of the window didn't he um, yeah. on the rest and on there whilst driving 56 miles an hour uh, which sticks in my mind you know these situations come up and they're actually very real situations that you need to deal with don't they you know from yeah. a business point of view it's about about what's tolerated isn't it uh-huh. you know I mean you know you could yeah. you could look the other way um and kind of think oh that didn't happen but the only reason that these all came up was because something had been raised and actually they went and looked on the CCTV cameras um and looked on to see kind of what was happening in the cab at the time and that's where all of these came from but I think it's quite the fact that people are out there driving HGVs yeah. with mobile phones, iPads, gambling, you know, the people have just been very complacent about it. Um, and it's interesting people's reaction to it as well, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, those even those three kind of different um, situations I've mentioned there, they all reacted completely different mm-hmm. completely different in the circumstance. They
2: did, and I think the issue wasn't actually about what they were doing, it was the fact that we'd observed them from the CCTV, wasn't yeah. it? So uh-huh. it was less about they weren't in control of the vehicle in the way that they should have been yeah. and from a health Mm -hmm. and safety perspective but actually why were you observing us on the CCTV which we'd been really clear about and the signs up and it's in their policies but it's interesting that that's the response that they took Mm -hmm. yeah. as opposed to actually I might not have been driving safely on the roads Mm, and what could that have done Uh it was more well why are you looking at me
0: yeah Mm -hmm. why are you watching the CCTV and I think that brings you very well onto the fact that actually making sure that CCTV might have come later and certainly in that business it mm. did but we made sure that we had the strength behind a policy or people had signed off to say they've been trained they understood that there was CCTV outside and inside and that same business someone put sock over the CCTV yes. mm-hmm. camera inside, inside the vehicle so those things kind of as they're coming up you kind of you know, you need to make sure that the right things are in place to comfortably then do your disciplinary action yeah. or your dismissals or however it may be based on the fact that you've, you've got that right. It's Absolutely. important, mm-hmm. isn't it?
2: Yeah. And they, you know, they need to know that and, and that we can refer back to it. And again, that's when the policies are important yeah. for those situations for us to be able to stand, you know, a, a, and, and hold them to account really, isn't yeah, it? definitely. And
0: there was one particular one out of, out of that group that we're just talking about there. And, um, I mean, obviously, as I say, we've done these, done these roles for years and years, so probably about 25 years or so for me to be able to do it. And that one of the particular guys um, was done over kind of a Zoom call, such a difficult meeting to do. Um, and that comes with my wealth of experience. And I remember kind of, I had a break during the course of the meeting because of the way that he was being, the confrontational, his attitude, his own conduct within it, and obviously trying to keep it very, very calm and on track. And I think we said a couple of times, if that had been someone who was inexperienced, mm. he would have yeah. just eaten them for dinner. Totally. He would have just literally spat them out afterwards yeah. as well. And I think was very much his behaviour, what he was trying to do to me. Um, but that that is a difficult situation to be in. If you, As I say, if we weren't experiencing it, then you, mm-hmm. it
1: would have been a lot worse yeah. and a mm-hmm. lot more difficult to be able to deal with. Yeah, and I think it's having the experience when you're dealing with those situations because, as you say, it gets taken away from was I driving safely yeah. to why were you watching me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's bringing it back in those mm-hmm. meetings to, yeah. you know, is it appropriate to gamble online while yeah. you're driving a, a truck yeah. at 56 miles an hour going down a motorway. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is, you know, having the confidence and the experience to know that you need to bring that back round and yeah. try to get them to face what they were doing and why they thought that was the right choice to make. Yeah, because I think you can get distracted. You, can't, yes, you, can, know. you
2: can get taken uh-huh. down a totally mm-hmm. different track, Yeah, uh, you know, and deflection of the actual real situation as to what you're there to discuss. Yeah. So I think it is it does take some time and some experience to kind of bring that conversation and have the confidence Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. do that because they can be quite intimidating situations if you're not comfortable or you've not had a lot of experience of them. And, you know, for us that we have had a lot of experience of, you know, we we don't go into them complacent Mm -hmm. because every situation is different Mm -hmm. and we don't take the decision lightheartedly when we're advising. It is hard and it will be hard for people, but we're there to support them if they're in those difficult circumstances.
0: Yeah. But one of the things that I, I always say to people is that we still prep to go into a meeting. Yes. You yes. know, so even though we're coming, I mean both yep. of you nodding your head straight away, we uh-huh. won't go, we into go into a meeting without without, without prepping. prepping. No. No. And even if that comes down to like a like a, a low level late lateness late uh-huh. disciplinary or yeah. something, or you know, an attendance review that's gonna potentially be an you know an informal outcome. Uh, we still always prep mm-hmm. yeah. because actually you need to know what to say how to say it the structure that's going to be put in place the, the circumstances that are, and you need to be able to record the information somewhere and get that yes. and get that information and and I probably can't express how important it is to have those notes you know Definitely. at mm-hmm. any level yeah. um, and obviously Hayley who works with us she's absolutely brilliant at going through and getting us on track with regard to kind of notes and keeping things mm-hmm. as as good as what we need them to be because actually when you get back to those situations that were said about in tri- employment tribunals you uh-huh. can pull all your information out and say, no, this is why we did it. This is what we uh-huh. said. This was the content of the conversation. So so the prep, I can't express how important yeah, it is. And no. also making sure that the notes that are taken are kind of up to the scratch uh-huh. that need to be, because you never know when you're going to need to use them again. And, and I'm asking you this because I know what the response is. Um, how does it make you feel when someone says, oh, I'll just give that person a verbal warning? <laughs> and you say... Oh, did you have a meeting with them? Oh, no, I didn't have a meeting with them. I just but gave, it was only just, a verbal warning. It was only a verbal yeah.
1: warning. Yeah. Or it's just a first written warning. It's just
0: a first written warning. So All right. I didn't bother giving them a meeting yeah. or, or telling to them what I don't to them.
1: Yeah. Or actually,
2: we're just going to have a conversation with them and they're just going to go. Uh, okay, we'll have, just... you, have you met with them? No, no, it'll be fine. We'll just meet them in the pub bar in the yeah. cafe nearby. But you're the you? And yeah, we'll just, it'll be fine. Okay, so here's the rest Yeah, but they won't even know that, so it's not a problem. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we do have some of those situations uh-huh. where no, it's not really important. And we're like, mm. 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 And just, I'm just advising you, this is really what you should be doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was yeah. a, the decision is yours. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's a bit where sometimes, I mean, I'm laughing about it because cause it still happens. That, that conversation uh-huh. that you've just had there happened like two weeks ago, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to meet them at a house, a uh, cafe beside yeah. ours, and I'll just let them know they don't need to come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. It'll be fine. It'll they'll, be fine. they will okay. know it's coming. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But I think, you know, kind of looking at that, people don't always realise in situations do they, you know, so when we're talking about grievances, very often a grievance comes and I'm I'm categorising here so I don't kind of take it literal, but there's generally been some concern with an individual at some point, you know, it's not all cases, but there's been a concern with an individual, it might be about performance, it might be about a new manager, it might be about interactions or something, but that's generally where a grievance comes from, isn't it? Because, Mm -hmm. but actually getting that performance management right, because again, comes back to really what we've just been saying there is, well, they rubbish at the job. Well, have you ever told them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I haven't told them. Yeah. But they just, they'll know that they're rubbish at the job. Well, how are they going to know mm-hmm. when, how are they going to know what your expectations and standards are of them mm-hmm. delivering the role Absolutely. if you've never done a probation review mm-hmm. meeting with them, if you've never met with them to be able to discuss what the role actually entails. But then... They're quite prepared to give up on them and, and lose that person when actually you've spent no time nurturing them and bringing them on board.
2: And I think they do. I think they don't look back and kind of go, how did we get to this point? They get to a point where they go, I don't want this person in the business any longer. And then when we unravel it and ask the questions, which is what we would do, they've actually not had any conversations with them. There's a lot of assumptions So well, well, of course, they know what they should do. Of course, they should know that I don't need to ask them to do that. I don't want to have to have conversations with them all the time. Well, actually, if you had done that and they were clear on what was expected of them, would you be in this situation? Well, I don't want to deal with that. I just want them out. Well, you know, why would you do that in this way when you haven't, you know, had reviews with them? And it's interesting because I don't think people use probationary periods as much as they should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a purpose for them being in and actually it can resolve a lot of issues early on because... Mm-hmm. You know, the probationary period is a time for the business to see if the person's doing the role they want them to do and the person to see if it's the business they want to be part of. So it's a great opportunity to to make that work and really review how they're performing. And if there's signs in that time when it's not working, then you have a conversation with them because when else would someone be at their best than when they're in their first few weeks yeah. of a new job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they're not at their best then you know, that's a warning sign mm-hmm. for me and yeah. that we would want to talk to them and, you know, really be clear. Have we set their expectations? Do they know what's expected of them? Are they on time? If they're not, why? And and have those conversations. And if it's not going to work out... It helps everybody if you have that conversation in the right way mm-hmm. and they don't stay in the business. If you don't think they're going to be able to turn it around and they're not wanting to, then then why would you keep them any longer? Yeah, mm-hmm. The
1: earlier you can have that conversation, Absolutely. the better. Yeah. You know, because one of my personal favourites in terms of comments, well, I've put up with it for all this long, you know, and yes, you've put up with it for all of that time, yeah. but you haven't actually said to them, I'm not happy with what I'm putting up with from yeah. you. This is what you need to do. So how do they know? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. how do they know if you don't tell them that it's not whatever they're doing isn't good enough doesn't meet the standard that you require. It, You know, to then say a year in, I've put up with it for a year, it it doesn't really work, does it? They didn't know that they weren't doing what you
0: wanted. Yeah. And so I think you can't express enough kind of that element around probation reviews or kind of the uh-huh. regular check-ins and the other thing that always concerns me is between the probation review point might be I don't know it might finish in March or something but then they might not do an annual review or something or no formal catch-up until mm. or any catch-up until January next year mm. so actually you're just letting people float yeah. along aren't you and kind of and that's when like what you've uh-huh. just described Deb that's when people are I'm thinking what they're doing, and but they've never had that conversation. So communication, I think, comes back as being key Absolutely. to mm-hmm. the management of the employees, and yeah. also helping with the the retention element of what yes. does that want to do. Well, that's it. Mm-hmm. You make
2: a big investment of bringing somebody into your business, and you know training them, you know, so that they can do the role you want them to do, and then not to continue with that, or just to let them flounder without kind of those regular check-ins. If you're then gonna go out and recruit and and start it all again, it's quite a costly oh, yeah. business, isn't mm-hmm. it? And uh-huh. also it's the ripple effect it has on yeah. your other employees because if they see a high turnover, they see people not staying, or they say people, you know, frustrated because they're not being spoken to and developed in, in regular conversations, mm-hmm. they then look elsewhere. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so it has a big ripple effect if, if it's not just that one employee, is
0: yeah. it? Oh no, no, I think And one of the things I always say, other people are watching, you know, so other people are looking to see how a manager is going to deal with the situation. They kind Mm of, for all, it's not kind of up there saying, oh, I'm watching what you're doing, but actually I'm watching it, but you're going to, how are you going to handle that situation as an employee to Mm -hmm. think, oh, is uh, is she going to lead that in the right way? Is she going Mm -hmm. to do what needs to be done? And for all people don't necessarily know the outcome of it. They know that there's been something that's happened. And I think if there's been an incident in the workplace, there needs to be some accountability that is shown and that people know Mm -hmm. that you will deal with situations
1: that come up as well. And it's back to that fairness, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah, you know why? You know why should I come to work on time every day when someone else is is consistently late and nothing yeah. ever happens? So the you know the outcome yeah. is that they they get fed up of that and decide to leave, or they decide to be late as well because nothing happens. Nothing happens. Yeah, when they do it anyway. Yeah. So w- what have they got to lose?
0: And I think a perfect example of when I used to work um, in automotive, I used to be late every day, every single day. Um, I used to start at five to eight. I used to come in about quarter past eight, and that it wasn't like I was putting my feet up at home. You know, you run around with the kids and dropping people off and stuff like that, and then. 15 minute walk from the car park just again so I would, ju- I would just always be late nobody ever said Louise do you not think you need to be on time but I was more than happy to discipline people that were late <laughs> but again it came back to the accountability that actually if someone had said to me Louise do you not think you need to try me on time I would have gone oh, do you know what yes yeah. I get myself mm-hmm. sorted out and yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I was never told to task over it so continue don't, don't get me wrong I used to stay late on the night time and yeah. that's probably where the you know the balance was alleviated yeah. uh, but, but the actual fact that you know, you were still having that conversation with somebody else to say, you shouldn't be late. I'm going to give you a disciplinary because we've had three occasions yeah. when I'm actually doing it every day, yeah. you know? So it's kind of about fairness, it's about uh-huh, consistency yeah. and it's about the approach to make sure that everybody's treated such as, lateness if it, if it is a blanket approach that needs to be that, that's, yeah. that you know you take into people's consideration of circumstances but you know that, that's how it's put across
2: I think it's about back to standards and expectations because and actually if, if someone else is coming in late and nothing's being done then everyone will then drop their standards mm. because that's the norm yeah. so rather than bringing somebody in and sometimes you know we hear your businesses where we've brought someone in they were brilliant at the beginning and then mm-hmm. they're not well actually that's because rather than you know keeping at the standard they've come in mm-hmm. they've dropped to the standard of other people whether yeah. it's late Mm-hmm. whether it's well i'll take me dinner now whether it's like oh well it doesn't really matter about that because no one is going mm. to say anything you kind of go well it's all right for them so it's all right for me why mm-hmm. should i put myself out why should i work to that level if nothing's yeah.
0: different yeah mm-hmm. and actually that came up with one of the businesses the other day someone who was underperforming um and but she was pregnant and you know all the things that came with that element of kind of trying to manage it and then it was like well i just need to ride it out for another month but then other people had dropped their performance mm-hmm because actually that person wasn't doing what they needed to do yeah. you know mm-hmm. but but the 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 element of risk there was that this lady was pregnant so kind of from performance management point of view created more of a situation for many other reasons that went into there as well but you know it does kind of highlight and you don't want people dropping down you want to raise the standards Absolutely. as opposed to pull mm-hmm. the standards back down mm-hmm. um, that probably leads us on nicely Claire to uh, one of the clients that you've got at the moment Claire's looking at me who have I got over in the late district that you've kind of you've got a business which is kind of really fundamentally fellow apart hasn't it because of the people because of the people that are in that situation do you want to just kind yeah. of explain a little bit about what what yeah, what's happened and what you're doing within there it's quite
2: an interesting one because it's quite an established business so it's not a startup it's been in you know in place for quite a number of years but actually with the change of leadership so um it's a company that's not uh it's head offices out of the UK you know they've got some other businesses across Europe but actually this one in particular had a change of um senior leader and the business fell apart very very quickly because people weren't on the ground to see it 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 didn't come across to them they were hearing one side of it um, and it 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 accelerated very quickly at the beginning of this year where two senior people left the business and and we've put a lot of input into that now and you know a lot of the employees that work there were really really unhappy really disgruntled and were looking for other jobs and some of them have worked there you know a long time you know some of them it's their only job yeah. Um, you know so for them to think actually I need to go and look um, somewhere else and one of the fundamental reasons for it was was um, a manager that was in place that was not being upfront truthful and honest with them and was playing on his own agenda and had caused a lot of upset Um. from that so now I think the input is they really need some support from us and being on site it's really about listening you know there's 40 employees there and I've spoken to all of them twice when I've been over there to hear what 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 is it like to work here what really works what doesn't you know what needs to be different because my my overarching experience is if you ask the people who are doing the jobs they'll tell you the art of it is if the leaders will listen and do something about it and I think that's where we're at with this business it's very much around you know tell us what's going on tell us what's not working and what is and what what needs to change and a lot of it is about them feeling valued and feeling listened to um and that that somebody wants them to be there Yeah. Um, and that people are truthful with them so a big thing was around Chinese whispers as they described it and you know one thing coming from one manager or another you know playing them off against each other and that, that was really challenging for them. Um, I think they're all feeling in a much better place because that manager's now not in the business and their the senior leaders from outside of the UK have noticed that and you know they're really really keen that we don't repeat that mistake again and we're supporting them and what does that look like in the cultural piece so we talked earlier about culture and you know that underpinning it it's really key in this business um for that what is really challenging and what they're finding now is because we're talking to people they're telling us things and they've never had that opportunity before so they're a little bit like oh i didn't realize this was happening but that's because no one's ever asked the question yeah. so when you ask the question things will arise so so we are in the midst of that um you're really still fact finding out at the moment absolutely absolutely yeah and, and, but but they feel supported you know, both when I'm on site and when it's remote. So you don't need to be on site every day. Um and I had lots of conversations with them, but the fact that they've got that support, they've got someone that we can talk to, um, they really, you know, can see a difference and they can really hear us talking about what's underpinning it. So contracts, policies, handbook, the culture, what upskilling do the managers need? So there's a set of managers in there who are managers because They were going to leave. So it was a bit of a tool to keep them. Um, They've been given a job title. I don't know what that means. I don't know what difference it makes. Um, And they don't know what that means when they're dealing with the teams and who's in their teams and what that looks and feels like. So it is really about putting those foundations in place with them. Um, And they're a little bit of the I don't know what I don't know, but they're absolutely willing to learn. And it's not that they don't want to do the role. It's they've never been told or shown or asked to do that so i think that is a longer piece of work that we'll be doing with them but in the short space of time you can start to see a, a big difference but i'm sure there'll be some highs and lows before we get it yeah. to a stable place yeah. definitely
0: we're just interested in being able to support a business in that way mm. to be able to go in to be able to it's the added value isn't it you Absolutely. know we're going in and adding value to them and as you say some some things that from your point of view is probably quite quick wins, yeah. you know, to mm-hmm. be able to go in there and support them. But and as you say, other parts of it is going to be kind of the longevity. It's it's longer, it's going to take time. But yeah. but ultimately we should be in a better position where, you know, they don't need to recruit as many people, the retention's better, people are more stabilised, they've got good job descriptions in place, they've got the structure that they need, they've got the voice that they need, that people Absolutely. are being listened to. So there's so many benefits of what's going to come out of that in kind of six months' time. Yeah. It should look like a completely different workplace yeah. to where it is now, isn't it?
2: Definitely, definitely.
0: And I think, Deb, you've kind of come across a couple of um, smaller situations where actually uh, really, really difficult to deal with, where you're in a small workplace situation and then you've got people who are, who are disgruntled with each other, really, isn't it? You know, kind of just a, a, one particular one that we kind of like to talk about is, because um, it's gone on for that long, um, is kind of having four people in the room and then one of them kind of upsetting the others Um, and then one leaving the room
1: one coming back to the room and (laughs) yeah and I think that just has been an an ongoing situation that it's just deteriorated to the point that now no one wants to work in the room with any of the other people I think is is the point that we've reached now yeah um but I think it's a perfect example of if the situation isn't managed Mm -hmm. Um, I think in the beginning, some consideration to each other and the fact that when you work with other people, you know you've got to be have some tolerance yeah. um, of their their um the things that they do um but i think that's just moved on now to to and no one was has been tolerant of anyone yeah. and now we just can't work together anymore of
0: course, situ- like a full yeah. situation the team is completely fragmented nobody will work together and mm-hmm. put it back together again will it you No
1: know, and now you know and then you start to need to look at, at bigger solutions such as restructures and changing jobs and all of those things which really Now we've reached a point that we need to start considering where previously some conversations, possibly some mediation might have have brought that about. Mm -hmm. And I think in that situation,
0: even some support from a mental health point of view. Yes, absolutely. So one of the individuals I think is... I know we've we've talked about mental health quite a lot and obviously we're um, running a seminar um, soon on that as well and I just think that there is the element of it, you know, kind of that we need to, that that mental health element is is involved in conversations and I know that we kind of introduce that into our clients a lot, don't we? Because there are people, Mm -hmm. a lot of people that need some type of support and we're not saying every business needs to support every employee but actually sometimes some businesses do need to help some individual and if they're willing to help then...
1: Potentially that situation might
0: not have escalated as bad as what it did.
1: Absolutely. It's providing that support. And I think also trying to encourage that awareness in your other employees as well yeah. so that they can have an understanding of why someone might behave in a certain way. Yeah. Um, you know, because we do still sometimes get reactions of yes, but it's all about that person. Yeah. You know, it's a show about that person. And it it isn't about that, but it like any kind of illness, mm-hmm. you need we need to make reasonable adjustments for that person. Yeah. And it's,
0: and it's difficult, you know, when we're coming across things like ADHD and mm-hmm. uh, someone spoke to me the other day and, and the woman spoke to me the other day initially who had the ADHD diagnosis, but the business hadn't done anything to be able to accommodate. And yeah. I just, when I spoke to the business, they were like, oh no, we haven't even met with her. We haven't done this. We haven't yeah. done." That. I was thinking this is, these awareness are really important points. Awareness. Yeah, uh, And mm-hmm. actually you, you, we need to take responsibility as a business owner to ensure it she's you know at work and you know if reasonable adjustments can be made that they that they're put in place but the conversation needs to start
2: yeah um, mm-hmm.
0: and certainly that hadn't started yeah. which was kind of a bit of a
2: but I think it's back to what Deb was saying earlier about when someone's off sick or you know they've got a grievance and they don't want to speak to them it makes the situation feel worse for the individual and the yeah. business are worried about saying the wrong thing or doing the mm-hmm. wrong thing well actually I think it's the same with mental health, isn't it? The worst thing you can do is not do anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um that that in itself is doing something, isn't it? By yeah, not. Yeah. So I think there is definitely an awareness around that and, and actually, you know, finding a way through it to have a conversation. And we're not asking people to be experts in this area because we know ourselves how um difficult it can be. And you know, every situation's different different because every person's different. But I think not not addressing it and not having an awareness around it can be very detrimental to the business and the individuals.
0: Yeah. And... There's services out there that are for everybody, aren't they? You know, yes. so we've got some services that are kind of, you know, expensive and kind of really high end. Um, that kind of have definitely got that place, you know, with uh, with working with people who've got you know real severe issues. And um, but then all the way through to kind of you know grievance counsellors and kind of mm-hmm. you know companies that just provide counselling services and kind of got an extensive range. You know, it might be someone who's got divorced or grievance or something to do with a child. You know, we've we've got access to all sorts of different things like that. Yeah. And it's, it's about sometimes the company just need. To be able to ask just signposting mm-hmm. them, yeah, isn't it? Yes. And don't they don't always need to pay for it themselves, no. but to be able to help people to be able to do that. Um and I know the seminar that um we're running is is around kind of what people need to do in the business with regard to people with mental health concerns, isn't it? You know, they've come to them, what is it that they should do, what should they say, how should they react, who should they turn to, kind of, you know, those things and and actually, for me, I, I think that's kind of fundamental as a leader that they need to know what to do in the right... T- and I'm not saying they need to know what to do in every given situation, but no. if they've got a, a good understanding or a good place to turn to, then that, I think that makes a massive difference yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, it does, because it's it's providing that support. Or sometimes there have been concerns or performance issues or conduct issues that have arisen from someone's mental health. Yeah, And was- I think sometimes the concern is that it then just is ignored yeah. because actually we don't know what to do with that and it's going to be quite difficult and it's yeah. connected to mental health. So maybe we just won't do anything. Yeah. So the conduct issue hasn't been resolved or the performance issue hasn't been resolved yeah. because it's just too, too difficult. Too and that isn't helping the person who has the issue in the first place either. No, it doesn't help them It at all, won't it? get better when it's no. just left no. alone.
0: No, definitely not. And, and sometimes once the business has got knowledge and the mm-hmm. need to take action, whatever yes. that action looks like, it, the need to take some action, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. know, you can't deny. That you know something, you know, mm-hmm. once you know it. Yeah. You know, once it's out there, isn't
2: it? That's it. And I think, you know, we were having these conversations about, you know, health questionnaires. You know, as part of our pack, we give health questionnaires. And then if people, you know, what's the point of filling them in if you're not going to then have mm-hmm. a follow up conversation with them? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had one um, the other day and they were like, oh, there's a couple of things on there, but it's fine because they're saying they're dealing with it. And I was like, well, let's have a conversation about mm-hmm. it. Because actually, if anything's to come up in the future, at least we can say it wasn't just a tick box exercise. Yeah. We've had a look at it and we've had a conversation and we've got some. Notes And then, you know, they know that we're interested mm-hmm. and that we've listened to them Yeah, um, and they know, you know, that we've got some notes. And if anything was to come up, then we've got that to refer back to, which is back to what we said before is if that was ever, you know, escalated and ends up in a process where they're dismissed that first conversation about the health we had a conversation about that
0: questionnaire mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh. and i think again that's a really relevant point you know and, and that's something that's come up recently in one of the grievances i was dealing with you know and it's about the evidence that was there the support the information in the first place or not there in the yeah. case that way that we had Um, just moving on. uh, I mean, obviously recently there are, there has been some kind of topical areas that cover from a HR point of view. Um, you know, we've, we've had things like strikes, which I don't think we'll uh, particularly get into today because it's a whole complex area and kind of opinion based for lots of different people. Um, but one that I did just want to touch on was about the four day work and week. Um, and I know there's obviously been kind of lots of trials and things that have taken place, um, in different businesses, different size businesses. What's your kind of what you you're not doing four day weren't we just to establish <laughs> <laughs> But um what is what's your opinion of a four day weren't we? What what impact do you think it has on the individual and maybe you, Claire, the individual and you, Deb, the business side of things?
2: Um, I think from an individual point of view, I think the thing for me for a four day week, there's two, there's two elements of a four day week. So there's a compressed hours Mm -hmm. where if you 40 hours, instead of doing it over five days, you do four, 10 hour days. And you, you know, you've got a three day weekend or a third day, which I think, um, People really like from a work life balance and and you know an extra day and who out of all of us don't want the extra day to kind of you know do the job that you can't do or that you're trying to fit in around everything. Yeah. Um I think though from that you've got to be really mindful that being at work for ten hours mm-hmm.
0: is a long day without
2: your breaks. Yeah. Because I think we have to bear that in mind it's not ten hours, it's ten hours plus, plus yeah. your breaks. And then you travel, if you've got to travel it is a very long day. And actually does that help your well being and yeah. you know, um that work life balance. So I think there's that and then I think there's also the other trial where people have been doing well actually it's about productivity so actually if you work um four days and you're paid for four days are you more productive because you haven't got that fifth day to do your work in so again I think employees and individuals probably favor that one because um you know it's all in those four days and and the normal working hours if you like a, a night or five or, or or whatever um but then you know you you you've got to go what happens when it doesn't fit into the four days and where does the work go because the work doesn't disappear yeah. so actually if you're not productive then where's the challenge coming in from a business point of view so if you're thinking well i've got someone at thursday it's not finished by thursday night is it okay for it to roll off at a monday morning or not and and then how do you do that and then are you gonna have to pay for overtime on a friday or something like that so i think it's it's very much um favoured by individuals i think mm-hmm. but i think it's about getting into the detail of actually what is your business and will it suit that business yeah
0: yeah and it's and it's about making sure the individuals all don't have a friday afternoon and a friday office you know because actually then your business mm-hmm. closes no. because you've got mm-hmm. nobody running absolutely. on a friday yeah since. and
2: if your clients don't work a four-day week the uh-huh. clients are i've got uh-huh. expectations uh-huh. on on that day so you're right it's absolutely about spreading that that um Four days across, across the week. A work and week. Yeah. Isn't uh-huh. it? And uh-huh. and for lots of businesses, the work and week does include weekends. So yeah, yeah. you know it's a seven day operation and it's four days out of those seven, isn't it?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it's setting those parameters, isn't it? That to look at your business, what does your business need and how could that work for your business? Yeah. Because as you say, yeah, if everyone wants a Friday off, that's all very nice for the people who are off on a Friday. But then who does deal with the clients on a Friday? Yeah. Uh-huh. Who does get those yeah. jobs done? So it's it's taking a detailed look, I think. As in you would with any other flexible working situation. I think it's the same, you know, when we've discussed previous, in the last few years working from home, mm. that can work really well, but it needs to be planned and organised properly. Yeah. And it can work really well in some situations, mm-hmm. but some situations yeah. it just isn't suitable for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some
0: businesses have to trust people when you talk yes. about the working from home. And mm. one of our clients is adamant that they do not allow people to work mm. from home you know they don't mind if someone's getting the boiler fixed or something but there's not a plan in place to work from home mm. and even from a recruitment point of view I've tried to say you mm. know you're struggling to recruit would you not offer the opportunity that someone works at home a couple of days a week and they are absolutely not that's just not going to work which is kind of now kind of a bit of an older style isn't mm. because actually because of COVID we've yeah. kind of you know probably 10-15 years it? in advance of where yeah. we need to be And yeah. um, but it's it's now a new way of working <laughs> yeah. like we work from home we work from the office we work on a client site. we're completely flexible about yeah. where that we work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and really, the times around how we need to work
1: within mm-hmm. there as well. And um, so, I think that's quite an important mm-hmm. element of it, isn't it? And um, it's a two way process, mm, isn't yes. it? You know that with a lot of employees, you, you do get that that buy into it, and you will get that flexibility back. Yeah, mm-hmm. that they might then you know do the letter that needs doing it at six o'clock because it's it's desperately important. Yeah. Um, where if, if you if you have a rigid owner, you have to work, you mm-hmm. know, from nine till five, yeah. then it's more likely that they, they yeah. they're not gonna put that extra in. They just yeah. think, well, I finish at five and there's no movement there, so that's the end of the working day.
2: And I yeah. think a lot of businesses don't recognise that their businesses run on a lot of goodwill. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's not a lot of people only work there.
1: Mm-hmm. Hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there? Do you know what I mean? No. Because
2: there is that give and take, that there, there is that flexibility that is needed. And I think with that comes the goodwill. And I think if you are very um stringent on what it is and you're not prepared to negotiate or flex or whatever word it is you would use for your business, then your employees won't do that either. Because no. you yeah. can't expect Not Mm -hmm. to give it, and you know, for them not to be in the same position. Yeah. But I think that's that evolving, isn't it? That's that change, and Mm -hmm. I think COVID's been really challenging in that period when it wasn't. It was the first of everything that we've talked about before. But actually, the the workplace has evolved incredibly. Yeah, mm-hmm. since, since then. that
0: time. that uh, time a lot it, I think it's advanced quicker than what it would Very have definitely been so, yeah, yeah. I don't think we would be at this point no, where we are no, now no. Um, and I think even when I, when I joke there and said well you're not doing a four day a week but I think we have a, a huge amount of flexibility around what it is that we do you know yes. kind of you know if you you don't need to sort the kids out or go to the you know nativity play or kind of whatever it may be pick somebody up from football or something you know I expect as a mum that that's what you know that my team have got that flexibility in their yeah. lives to be able to go and do that because actually you know you you live you have to work to be able to live but obviously you know your life is very very important and you've got to have that flexibility back over so I suppose that's how it's then built into well it's back to that
2: culture isn't it yeah it's that culture and that trust and you know this is what it feels like to work here yeah Mm
0: yeah And actually it was commentary made the other day was kind of, you know, like Oculus has brought people together for a reason, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. and it fits with the lifestyles of how yeah. people want to live and work, yes. isn't it? Yeah. If you sit and watch a netball at six o'clock at night, you might do mm-hmm. a quick yeah. letter, you know, because mm-hmm. you think, well, I'll take that, I'll do that because I'm actually going to do something tomorrow morning yeah. I need to go mm-hmm. to the doctors. Or something. Yeah. You know, like whatever it may be, the flexibility is there to be able mm-hmm. to live the life that you need to do whilst working, isn't yeah. it? So, mm-hmm. um, which kind of sidesteps a little bit from the four day working week, but it, I think probably just shows that there's Flexibility it's, around it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be, a, yeah. And I know we're smaller, so it's different to kind of a, a big um, corporate or something, kind of introducing a four day working week. But it's, I think, it'd be interesting over the coming months, years of how that'll happen and how mm-hmm. we'll see it happening and people's reaction to it. I think mm. it's a bit of a one to watch, as it it? Mm-hmm. I think it's
2: a bit, it's the same as like hybrid work and like mm. you were saying there, isn't it? So I think, you know, COVID, it was like everybody was in an office, everybody's at home forced Yeah. And then there's a little bit of, you know, hybrids a bit in the middle, but there's still a bit of, do they still want offices? Do they not, you know? Mm cost of living, do people want to be at home to work? You know, there's so many different streams to it. Yeah. Isn't it it, it evolves? So I think you're right, the four day work week's probably in the same positioning as hybrid mm-hmm. working as you know it'll evolve and you it'll, know it's yeah. about understanding
0: if it'll fit in with the business uh-huh, with the actual business things oh. um, and one uh, which I just thought was um was different I just read something about it yesterday was um, so apparently in Spain they've just introduced just in February time that they'll do menstrual leave um for ladies um, and they'll actually be paid three working days which be extended up to five working days with a doctor's note um, and there's a couple of other countries in the world a couple of others so Japan Taiwan Indonesia South Korea and then Zambia who've all introduced the same thing. What do you kind of, I mean, I know, I know, I understand it's a really good thing from a woman's point of view, you know, that obviously there's things that are in place to be able to support women in different circumstances and situations. But I mean, what would happen if somebody kind of took every month off? You know, kind Mm -hmm. of like it's the 20th of the month, I'm going to take three days off Mm -hmm. now, you know, kind of, and actually... If, if we're all female and we're all taking the same mm-hmm. amount of time off, then it's, it's a different thing, isn't it? And it's kind of, I, I can imagine have quite a significant impact upon businesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not happening in the UK. I'm just talking about Spain at this point, but yeah. is, you can imagine the impact that it has upon a business, can't you? And you can understand why they've done it.
2: Yeah. I think that's it. I think we can probably say from both points of view, we're all female and you think, well, actually, you know, there may have been a time or there's a time when actually that would be really beneficial. I think it's about understanding the ins and outs of it because there'll be more to it than, mm-hmm. than that that top line, what yeah. exactly, well, what does that entail and what does it feel like and, and do that. This was one of the conversations we were having before is what impact will that have on a female dominated business mm-hmm. yeah. and will will that impact on recruitment? Because mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. if you think there's going to be gaps in the month where people are going to be off yeah. because it's, and they're going to <laughs> get paid, you know, uh-huh. that that could have quite an impact on the business and it's balancing that commerciality that we talked about at the yeah. beginning, isn't it, in uh-huh. the business. So I think it's, it's again something else that's evolving, isn't uh-huh. it, uh-huh. Um, around it. I think it'll be interesting to see how how Spain copes yeah. with it and <laughs> deals with it yeah. and um, you know what that looks like and actually you know I have seen some businesses on LinkedIn I'm not sure if it was Spanish oriented but where they have they have launched that and that was from International Women's Day so yeah. we talked mm. about that in that really positive way and you know that's great but actually on the flip side of a business what would that feel like to have uh, something yeah. the commercial view put point in place <laughs> like that yeah. um, and are we are we creating that female male divide even mm. further
0: yeah mm. uh-huh. yeah it is because uh, obviously we talk about the menopause and we're talking uh, about it hitting you know it's not an exclusive club it's female yeah. <laughs> and you're in it and you're in the club if you're a female um, yeah. but you talk about those things and talking yep. about how you've improved workplaces yep. for it and certainly you know this this will obviously have a place in the workplace and how yeah. it works but yeah. just interested it'll be interesting to see again how that evolves yeah. because yeah. it's kind of the fundamental yeah. parts of
1: the and future th- isn't it yeah and I think it's interesting to think of it as well from the point of view of you would hope that if someone um was experiencing symptoms that were so bad that they needed mm-hmm. three days off a month yeah. that there would be some kind of understanding there maybe they don't get three days off every month but yeah. there would be some kind of understanding there and some kind of adjustment could be made yeah. equally with sort of symptoms of the menopause and so on you would you would hope that but yeah. you know it, it's not really a one-size-fits-all is it so no, no, definitely not. you know it, it thinking of it in a big scale yeah. mm-hmm. you know th- then yes you can absolutely see the problems that would and come
2: about it. and i think it's not a subject that people feel comfortable at you know no. people don't feel comfortable at, even some females don't feel comfortable talking about that in the menopause you know we're just starting to really um have that talked about in open conversation, isn't Definitely, it? Yeah. So, I think to bring that into the workplace when people feel, see it as a really private mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. part of their lives, I think that, I think it's that, you know, yeah. the emotion that's attached just, to it, isn't it? And just like imagine that.
0: them being in the workplace and like, oh, why is Claire after it? Oh, she's got <laughs> yes, yes. exactly You know, <laughs> yes, people yes, can't yes. even say the word, they
2: <laughs> have to <also> go, period. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're like, for goodness sake, you know. And, well, then, and, well, that's and what, so, everybody knows when you come back Absolutely, and absolutely <laughs> isn't it? You know, like that's that. It, and if people are private and they don't feel comfortable yeah. uh-huh. you know it's the same with the menopause people are not mm-hmm. feeling that you know only just you know we, we've done the podcast uh-huh. with mm-hmm. um, mrs menopause mm-hmm. you know what that it's because we want it to be talked about more for uh-huh. people to feel more comfortable uh-huh. yeah um in doing that but if you're In a male-dominated workplace and you you a smaller number of females and your boss is a male, that's not a a comfortable conversation conversation. for Uh either party. Uh 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 Because men don't like to talk about it at all, Uh even if you feel comfortable as a a woman. So Uh I think it it is one to watch definitely for Uh the future. Yeah. Yeah, it'll
0: be interesting to see. So, well, thank you very much, ladies, for coming in today. I mean, obviously, we've talked about so many different areas as far as kind of, uh, you know, everything from grievances to policies, procedures, contracts, and, you know, a little bit of kind of opinion based on, on new things that are coming out and kind of what's happening, um, you know, from a commercial point of view out and about as well. Um, I just think there's so many kind of takeaway pieces, isn't it? Just to make sure that we've, Got, you know, companies have got the right things in place. That they understand the consequences of what it is that they do. That they speak to people. That they Absolutely. communicate to people. That they they listen. They listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they've got the workforce and the, the you know kind of the employees. That they've got that they're nurturing them and just trying to really encourage them to do the right thing at the right time isn't it you know but supporting them throughout more yeah. than anything else so from the point of view of um, oculus hr obviously um, we've got our podcast so we're obviously keen for people to to register and, and to download our podcasts and keep on listening we're aiming to put new people on and new environments and new um things that people would be interested in listening about so if you do ever have any suggestions and do please feel free to get in touch as well thank you for listening to the real world hr podcast with our fantastic hr team here um, if you need any support with things that we've discussed on the episode or any other areas of hr then do get in touch with me at louise at oculus hr.co.uk subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes and please do leave us a rating and a review real world hr putting the human back into hr